Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, up here in Pennsylvania, it's been really nice, fun, 90s, feeling great. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. <clears throat> we have a special edition. Uh, we're only going to be here for 30 minutes. It's just me, me and the callers. If you guys like to call in, you can call in at any point during the show and um, a question or bring up a topic that you'd like to talk about, and, and we can start you know, conversating. You can call me at 347 215-9442. Again, we're here for only 30 minutes, so uh, the lines are open now, and you can give me a call at any time during the show, and we can just start chatting up for this is all about today. So first, I want to uh, welcome everyone, and thank you all for tuning in. If it's your first time listening, um, thanks for joining us, and we hope that you come back again. And um, what we do here is we give um, the opportunity for those living with HIV a place to share their story um, and have a voice again. A lot of people are silenced due to this disease and the stigma that is associated with it. So this show kind of gives people the opportunity to really step up and, and start voicing their opinion, whether they want to do it anonymously or, or publicly. So um, we're, we're glad to be an outlet for those living with HIV and AIDS and, and to offer hope. We're actually almost approaching our third year. So we're um, getting close to an anniversary coming up. So that's exciting as well. If you're not a member, we, um, you know, uh, ask you to check out our social network at pozim.com. That's www.pozim.com. Um, it's a social network there for people living with HIV and AIDS, and it's a great support network, blogs, forums, discussions, things like that, events. Go check it out. Um, it's totally free, and you can be anonymous as you want, or you could be public if you want. It's totally up to you. So we ask that, you know, Check it out. Definitely uh, have a good time. Um, tonight I am flying solo, as you can tell. Uh, Jeremy is on vacation, so um, he's going to enjoy his vacation and not be here. As much as I miss him, uh, he will not be here, and I believe Jack is off. Um, I'm sure celebrating Memorial Day as well. So you're stuck with me. Actually, I am kind of amped up. I played soccer all weekend. Um, I had a soccer tournament yesterday, and I played about seven games, and I am completely, like, I'm amped, but I'm drained at the same time. I was out in the sun for a bunch of hours, so um, I'm suntanned, burnt, you know, and and just kind of going through the motions. So I wanted to do a show for those that are tuning in every week and, you know, love being here. So I appreciate you listening every week, and that's why I'm here, just to give you a little bit of love back and, and, you know, a little bit of hope. Uh, We are also taking questions here during the chat, uh, during the show. You can add them in the chat room, or you can tweet them to us at PauseIM, 
P-O-Z-I-A-M, or on our Facebook fan page, Pazayam Radio. Um, you can enter your questions there. I did get a couple questions tweeted to me earlier, so I, I was just going to go over some of those. Um, one of the questions uh, somebody tweeted to me was, why did I go public? And for me, um, I, I went public because there was no voice in my community. There was nowhere that I saw HIV awareness, um, so I felt I needed to step up. And plus, I think in some twisted way, it's kind of always been something that I was meant to do, was to stand up and be a voice for something. And I thought at a young age it would be because I was gay, because that was something that obviously I, you know, knew when I was younger that I was. So I thought that this was, I was supposed to be a gay activist when I grew up. And I think really now, you know, down the road after experiencing a diagnosis of HIV, I feel that this is really what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be some sort of vehicle to, to share stories and offer hope to people and let them know that they can move past it. A lot of people don't think that they can move past the diagnosis and, and they're afraid to tell anybody. So for me, I went public because, one, I was inspired by um, – other people who shared their stories. I felt that if they could do it, why couldn't I? You know, why am I so afraid and they're not? It's kind of contagious. Uh, if you start hanging around a bunch of activists, you tend to uh, start acting like an activist a little bit more because you're not the only one, so you don't feel so alone by doing it. And it's such a great feeling, especially after you're at these conference, conferences or these summits that they have, um, just to be around other people that are positive and that are doing great things for the HIV community, whether it's working on trying to end ADAPT or if it's trying to work on finding housing for people with HIV or if it's, you know, somebody who's just running a support group, it's, it's amazing. So that's why I went public. I felt that I didn't have a voice. So I wanted to give a voice back to those who didn't have it. So it was enough of that, I thought. So why not? Uh, the other question that was tweeted to me was who, was in, who inspired me to go public? And, again, if I could specifically point out a few people, I would say in the very beginning, the first thing I ever got involved with was a campaign called Does HIV Look Like Me? Um, and basically I sent in a video, answered a couple questions that were routine, um, and sent in a video and they, and they you know, picked you to represent you know, certain people living with HIV in the United States. And, you know, I was one of the people that was chosen to be in that campaign and I was, like, so excited, and it was the first thing that I did, but I was actually first inspired by the gentleman who started the campaign, uh, Todd Murray. And he's actually the founder of Hope's Voice, and I remember reading his story. I'm sure it was um, in HIV Plus magazine or in Pause magazine, and he was my age, around my age probably, and his, when he was diagnosed was the same time as in his, like, early 20s. And it just kind of, I felt like, I could do, like, I finally read a story that I could relate to, and it really felt like it related to me. It wasn't, you know, somebody that was older to me or somebody that was a different, you know, uh, ethnic background. It was somebody that I could just kind of relate to all around. So it really put a face to it and opened my eyes. Um, after I started getting involved with that, that was when I started, you know, blogging, and I came across this amazing man by the name of Bob Bowers, and he... Uh, runs a website called One Tough Pirate, and you go check that out. He's just an amazing man. He breaks the mold of what somebody with HIV should look like, uh, what is the, you know, the stereotype that people put on people with HIV. Um, you know, he's a straight, uh, you know, 
muscle pirate tattoos. And, you know, he's a great guy, big heart, and he's just full of love. And somebody like that, it kind of inspired me. And those were the two people that in the very beginning, when I knew nobody with HIV, um, really opened my eyes into activism. So I thank both of them for allowing me to, you know, kind of, I don't know, I guess be lit, you know, they lit my path so I could do what I'm doing today. So they were the people who actually um, inspired me the most in the very beginning. I, I didn't know anybody, so it was very, very scary. Again, we're taking questions here in the chat room. If you want to uh, put them in, you're more than welcome to. You can call us here at 347-215-9442. I'm also in the chat room on Pause I Am, so you can go ahead and put your questions there as well if you have any. Um, another question that was sent to me on Twitter is, where's Jeremy? I covered that already. Jeremy is on vacation, and him and his husband, his husband is having a great time. Hopefully, they're out enjoying some great cafes or something and, and having a good time wherever you know, they're at in, in North Carolina, I believe. So um, that's where Jeremy is today. I apologize. Um, I miss him, too, but um, I'll be back soon. So it's kind of funny. Um, another thing, uh, oh, here's a good one somebody just sent me. Um, do you disclose at your soccer tournament? Um, and, you know, that's good. That's something that I've talked about a few times before, um, not too often. But um, I disclosed to my team, actually, I came out to my team. Uh, when I first started blogging, I did a little blog on Blogger, and I sent the whole entire um, team, basically, a link to my blog to check out my blog. And it talked about, you know, me living with HIV and my Does HIV Look Like Me video. And it was basically like just me coming out. And I don't know why I did it. I just all of a sudden I did it. And I remember it was right before a soccer tournament in Rehoboth. Um, they do one every 4th of July. So it was right before the 4th of July, and I sent it out to the whole team. And I basically, you know, just, just came out. And it was nobody's really said anything to me in the very beginning. But slowly but shortly, people pulled me aside and said, you know, um, Rob, what you're doing is great. I, I am also HIV positive. So I've had teammates come out to me and say, you know, oh, I work in the HIV field, so, you know, I think what you're doing is great. Or, or I am also HIV positive. Or my uncle died of HIV, you know, and they walk the AIDS walk with me. And it's, it's really cool. It, it's, it's really cool. So they've accepted me. I know some people um, on the team may not know right now, but if those people are on Facebook, they more than likely know especially if they're connected with my team. Um, traveling teams, I don't really have to disclose. Um, I know soccer can sometimes be physical, but it's really not as physical. I remember I was in Toronto last year, and I, it was a little physical, and I think I ended up a scrape in my face. And that was, like, very the first time since I've been positive that something has happened to me where I thought about HIV when I was out playing soccer. I usually don't think about it unless I have to take my meds. And that was the first time I was traveling with my meds, too, um, to, to a, you know, to a, another country. So it was kind of interesting that I didn't think about it. But once, as soon as I saw blood and someone's like, your face is bleeding, that's instantly the first thing I thought was HIV. So I just ran off the field, obviously. And they treat, you know, at the, the referees treat everybody the same. And they are taught, and the way that the refs do it is, if there is any kind of blood, at all, they have to be removed from the game just because of things like HIV and, you know, other diseases, you know, like that. So they do that on 
uh, like on routine. If there's blood, you got to get off and, and you have to be covered, and then somebody comes off, so they sub you right away. So, I mean, it was really cool. So I, I did do that, but then again, a lot of them did come back out to me and said, you know what, I'm HIV positive too. So it was kind of really nice. I got a good response from them, and I was really surprised because I was scared. It was my first coming out HIV positive to a group of people. But I thought of all the people that would be accepting, it would be my gay soccer team of all people. So I thought that was, you know, the most interesting part of, you know, how me coming out to them kind of sparked conversation. I mean, I remember the one girl asked me down and said, you know, why did you do it? You know, of all the things. She was actually the first person, her name's Kelly. I remember we were sitting back, and she's like, you know, well, what made you start your blog? And this was right after I sent it out. We were down in Rehoboth, and I didn't really talk about it. Nobody approached me as of yet, and she sat me down and asked me why I did it and was the first person who showed interest in this new path that I was taking. And it just felt great to have that kind of feedback from somebody else. So I thought that was, you know, really interesting for people to see. Again, we're taking calls here at 347-215-9442. One of the things I did also want to talk about was the hot topic here on uh, Pause I Am is dealing with depression and how does one, you know, cope with depression and how do you deal with it? Because it's difficult. People experience depression for different reasons. A lot of people will be depressed as soon as they're diagnosed um, and be really deep, you know, in depression where somebody like myself, I was diagnosed, but I had so much other stuff going on. And since medication wasn't the first thing the doctor told me because it was early in my diagnosis, I didn't even think that I was sick for, like, years because I would go to the doctors, my counselor's good, you don't need to go on medication. So it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But now that I take medication every single day, I constantly think, you know, about HIV. And, and part of it, you know, kind of does depress me a little bit that I have to take a pill every single day just to survive. Um, but then again, I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to get pills, you know, to, to live and get my medications. There's so many people living with HIV who are not even able to access life-saving medications. There's people on ADAP waiting list, I believe, uh, let me just grab the exact number before I start quoting. But I know there is over three, I want to say 3,000 people living with HIV in the United States who are on an ADAC waiting list. It's kind of like you're on a, a list to get help for your medications. The, the prices are outrageous. And one of the things that really pisses me off, and I, I, maybe I don't understand. Um, I was at the ADAC Advocacy Association's uh, Fort Lauderdale Summit. That was um, this, uh, I think, the end of February or March. And we were there in Fort Lauderdale for the summit because Florida has the biggest uh, waiting list with over 2,000, you know, Americans on this list who don't have their medications, can't afford it. And there's a, a chance of a lot more going on. And they're just the people that we know that are on the list. These are the people that are okay, you know, with their HIV status, are able to accept it enough to get up and go to the doctors and put themselves in fine health. This doesn't include... The, I'm going to say thousands of Americans who are ashamed to go to the doctors to find out about getting medication or help. These are people who are um, just embarrassed and don't know how to react or depressed. And I think that 
So, so it, in reality, there's probably more like 6,000 or more people who really um, – there's a, a quote from, I think, somebody saying in the chat room, 8,300 people according to pause.com. I'm not sure on that, but uh, that's a lot of people. And for me to see an ad that tells me that somebody in a foreign country, if we donate 50 cents a day to them, they will get their life-saving medications. And for somebody like us, it's like, what is it, like $80 a day or something, like 70-something dollars a day. I mean, our pills are, are like 1200 a month. You know, and some people are even more if they're on more than one medication. You know, not everybody's just on one pill. That's not the way that it is. So, I mean, I don't understand. How can it be 50 cents a day here and then whatever it is for, um, I don't have the calculators, but I'm not going to uh, try to add it up, but say $70 a day for our medications. And I remember I brought it up. There was kind of a little blowout at the, at the thing with one of the pharmaceutical reps, and I brought it up to her, but I brought it up to her in private because I didn't want to start any drama. Um, I just really had a conversation, and I, I felt I, I needed to know. And she tried to convey something to me that it was, um, it, was, it was a marketing scheme that was put on. It was a marketing thing that was bad, and it's not 50 cents a day, our money. It's 50 cents a day, their money. I don't know. I think it was a load of BS, and I think that she was very, very excited that I did not bring that up in the open forum because I think she, like, she's like, oh, thank you for not bringing that up in front of everybody. So I know that it was a touchy subject. I still don't understand why. I still don't understand why. And if somebody thinks they have a good reason, they can call me here at the show, 347-215-9442. I have a question here um, from... Rise up to HIV. It says, I just relapsed on drugs after 15 months sober. How did you get through the first two years? Uh, Kevin, yes, I'm listening. Kevin's cute. Kevin, for me, I think what got me through is, one, I went to, um, you know, I went to NA. I went to my meetings. I got a sponsor. Now, I didn't, honestly, I didn't work through all the steps. I didn't, I wasn't like somebody, I'm not somebody who still goes to recovery today. But for me, going to those meetings and especially the 90 meetings in 90 days and, like, really doing that, um, I think really got through it. It allowed me to realize that I wasn't the only one who had a drug problem. Um, and it let me also see hope every single day. It's kind of like, um, you know, um, logging into Pause I Am and reading a good blog every day. You know, that that's. Like, it, that's what that was like, but, you know, for somebody in recovery. That, and then I also think that um, I, at that same time, I also, like, lost my father. And I think maybe losing him kind of, I don't know, like, lit a fuel and, and allowed me to kind of see that I was really taking life for granted. And then the HIV diagnosis came after that. So I think having all three of that, boom, boom, boom in a row is kind of what kept me strong. But I think today what keeps me strong is, one, not ha going to the bars all the time because that's something that I can't handle. Um, and thank God I have a great partner who, you know, is loving and supportive and isn't, you know, somebody who likes to go out and party all the time and would rather just sit in and watch TV and smuggle on the couch. So 
I mean, for me, just knowing that what I did and how horrible life and how bad I felt because, you know, I did meth. So I would be tweaking, you know, whether it was in my own uh, apartment um, or whether it was at the bathhouse or whether it was, you know, somewhere else. And I, I would be up and the birds would be chirping. And that, that moment there, I kind of kept that moment in my head. And I replay it every single time. And it allows me to remember that it was so horrible. It was horrible because no matter how great it felt, when I was coming down, it felt much worse. And I constantly remind myself of that. And that's for me what I you know, do. I keep replaying that, that horrible coming down in my head because it's not worth it at the end of the day. So I hope that works, Kevin, and I wish you much luck moving forward. And you can always uh, email me privately or, or call me up and we can talk too. So thanks for that question. I really appreciate that. So for those of you who are listening, I'm going to take a short break and just play this uh, short uh, public service announcement from uh, Greater Than. I'll be right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to age but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than age. And again, you can find more information on Marvelyn Brown, who um, was the one speaking in that um, public service announcement. Fabulous friend here at Pause and MarvelynBrown.com and uh, GreaterThan.org for all the other PSAs and great things that GreaterThan.org does. Um, another question sent to me from Pause1285 says, when does the scariness go away? Um, that's... I'm assuming that this person um, is newly diagnosed um, since he's asking when it goes away. Um, for me, the scariness doesn't really go away. Um, I mean, it does to a point. Like right now, I'm not scared to die of AIDS. I am just living my life, and if I die of AIDS, I die of AIDS. Um, I could, like, you know, like they say, you can go out trying to get hit by a bus. You know, that's how things do. Um, for me, the scariness went away when I started talking to other people about it. The scariness went away when I told all of my family. Now, of course, not everybody can do this. Not everybody's up to do this. But the scariness went away when I found other people online who were also HIV positive and just wanted to be my friend. Because a lot of sites you go on are dating sites. And I've met people on Facebook who are positive who are, you know, my friends. But knowing that there's other people who just kind of want to be your friend and know you're in the same boat, that's when the scariness went away. Um, the scariness went away when I educated myself and found out more about the disease. See, when people are newly diagnosed and they're not educated, um, they immediately think, oh, my God, they're going to die. They think of um, maybe Pedro from Real World or they think of Tom Hanks from Philadelphia. Um, they don't necessarily think of people like maybe Jack McEnroe from Project Runway or Angina. You know, they may not know people like Dab Garner and Bob Bowers and the long-term survivors. People may not know that those kinds of people when you're newly diagnosed. 
So I, that's when the scariness went away from me, when I found other people were surviving. You know, reading other people's success stories or, or you know, their, their stories of survival, it inspires other people. You know, and I think that is kind of what Pause I Am is all about. It, it, it brings you together to inspire each other, you know, and, and that's kind of what we do here. So I think that's important for everybody to understand. Um, interesting story. Uh, today, you know, I live in um, Levittown now, but I originally lived in northeast Philly. And just recently, last week, or I think maybe two weeks ago, a tornado uh, went through northeast Philly. And this is something that has, um, I don't think has ever happened in my lifetime. And I'm 32 years old. Um, and it was kind of scary for the people in that area because the tornado touched down. And with all that you hear going on now, and, you know, God bless the people that are dealing with all that in Alabama and, and the other places where the tornadoes are, like, literally killing people. But this was something very small. Nobody was, I don't think, was killed. But this is, like, minor damage. And then just two nights ago or three nights ago in northeast Philly, there was this huge boom, Okay a boom that shook my mother's house. My mom said it sounded like a car hit the front of her house. She goes, it, sound, it reminded her of like somebody falling down the steps um, of her neighbor's house. And here it ended up being a mini earthquake. It was a 1.7 earthquake here in northeast Philadelphia, okay? And, it was, and the reason it was so loud and people felt it because usually when they're that little, you really don't feel it. Um, but it was only two and a half miles from the surface. So that was why it was so loud. But that, that stuff doesn't happen here in, in Philadelphia or northeast Philadelphia that I have ever witnessed, an earthquake and a tornado very close together. So my sister calls me today, and she says, you know, you know, they call, you know the people in the family call me Bobby. And she's like, Bobby, she goes, is it really going to be the end of the world? There's a tornado. There's a twister. You know, is it really going to be the end? You know, and, like, she was, like, genuinely concerned about dying and the end of the world. And I was like, Candace, you know, take something like this for you to realize what's in front of you and, and you know, a, a tornado and a little earthquake. And can you imagine, like, this is something that somebody with HIV and AIDS deals with every day, this thought of, is this going to be the end? Is this, you know, could this possibly be something that's going to be, you know, the end? And for those, for her to have that thought, it kind of reminded me that, you know, I think of that a lot. I think some days, like, you know, what happens if one day I just don't wake up? Am I going to remember things? You know what I mean? Like, what happens? Like, I don't know. So it's, it's really crazy that she thinks that the end of the world is because of a little earthquake, but who knows? I've never seen it, so I thought it was kind of very scary to, for them to hear. My mom was said she was really scared, super scared. So um, hopefully there won't be any more of those coming around. <laughs> so I did want to report on the, uh, a little bit since we were down to the last couple of minutes. I want to thank everybody again for hanging out with me uh, for this half hour. It's been fun. Um, but when we had the, the Philadelphia Falcons had the Liberty Bell Classic Tournament uh, this uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, my team was called the Pink Titties. <laughs> we were the pink team. Uh, we had a great, great uh, time. Uh, we got second place. We won the silver medal. Uh, the Lions team got first. It was just fun. It's great social support. And I really do recommend, if you are somebody who is 
at any kind of athletic and you are and you are, you know, gay or bi or, or gay friendly, seek out a gay soccer team or a gay sports team. They're fun. They'll get you involved. They keep you in shape. They make you feel good. And they become a really good support system. And I found that a lot of people who are connected with LGBT teams, for those that are, you know, um, gay or lesbian, um, are, really find support that way. Really find that they're able to reach out to other people and see that they're loved. Um, it's more of like a brotherhood and a sisterhood and a family. It's not really like when you were little and you were on the soccer team or the baseball team or uh, the frisbee catching team. They have rugby, they got softball, they got everything here in Philly. Um, and you got teeth. Because I remember getting teeth, and it's not like that. It's about love and fun and, and go do it. So I want to thank you all for hanging out again. I am going to sign off. I'm going to play this um, song uh, by a gentleman, uh, Prince Michael. I hope you all have a great night. Happy Memorial Day, and I'll be back here next Sunday, June 5th. Have a great one. Figured I'd spit it like I actually have HIV. That way people will listen. 500,000 people just died from it, and awareness is what I stand for. With that HIV, with that HIV, get tested, make sure you're not infected. With that HIV, with that HIV, wrap it up, don't be like me. Was in my breast, thinking about my health, when realized it's been a while since I checked myself. Lately I've been running up in everything wrong, from virgins to girls I meet the same day and day before. Gave my doctor a call, he scheduled me that same week I came in, so he could examine what I gave him. Week later he contacted, left message to call back, said he got results and we need to talk about that. Now I'm scared homie, watching massive sweat. Took a deep breath and called him back direct, out of respect, phone rung twice, lady picked up, assumed it was his wife, your husband home, she said hold on, then he came to the phone with the obvious, wasted no time, and a profound tone told me I'm positive, stood there froze, heart beating fast, dropped the phone slow, stopped her on the other end, screaming hello, with that HIV, with that HIV, Make sure you're not infected. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.